Hi, welcome to This Is Your Book Club podcast. I'm Sarah. And I'm Jamie. Welcome back. Glad you're here. What's on your shelf? I love this. I've got a lot of things on my shelf. I do too. Can't wait to talk about it. Let's jump right in. I feel like I mentioned before, I was in a bit of a reading slump, wasn't getting a lot of books in. Honestly, my whole life was feeling quite chaotic. Yeah. And I'm like, why am I not reading more? Like, this is something that I enjoy. It makes me feel good. And I will tell you, I felt like the more effort I put into reading, like the other parts just started to get fall into place, kind of fell into my routine again. Yeah. And I feel so much better. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear that. I think it makes, like when I'm listening to a book, it makes the tasks I'm supposed to be doing just easier to get done. Absolutely. I sit and fight and fight and fight. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. Put it off, put it off, put it off. Turn a book on and do it. Like right? it's just, it's oftentimes like mindless chores. chores. Yes. And if I can listen to a book and get it's it done. Like, isn't there more laundry to fold? Right. I need to finish this chapter. Right. Right? Yeah, exactly. So Maybe I'll do the dishes. Maybe. What's next? Right? Exactly. I won't go as far as the bathroom. <laughs> my least wow, favorite chore. that's short. dreaming. Yeah. But, yeah. But the other things. Okay. Agreed. So it's just been good. Good. It's I'm been glad very to hear good. It. Happy Back on to track. talk about some really fun books that I've read. Okay. Then why don't you go first? You want me to go first? I do. Okay. What should I start with? I'm going to start with Not a Happy Family by <gasps> Shari Lapina. I just read this one as well. You did? I did. It's kind of newer, but it's like yeah. people are talking about it. I was excited to get it. Uh-huh. I like her as an author. So when I saw that she was coming out with a new one, I'm like, put it on my list. Right. And I just finished it within the last couple of weeks. Okay. So a little bit of background. Mm-hmm. Quick synopsis. This book is about a family who... Not a happy one. Not a happy family, in <laughs> case you were wondering. It's hard to tell from the title. Right? They have <laughs> a lot of money. Uh-huh. Um, and they're like, you start out at one of their Easter Sunday dinners. Mm-hmm. And the father is like, horrific. Basically, finds joy in making his kids feel like crap. And he has three children, uh-huh. and they're there with their significant others. Right. All adult children at this yes, age. Yes, they're all adults. And they and he basically says, like, you know, you're ungrateful. You're ma- you're good for nothing. You, I'm so disappointed in what you've become. Tells him that they're sell- he's selling the family home so that they can't inherit it. And there's, he's sold their, the family business out from under the sun. So he's left without a job. And anyway, lots of mean things. Right. That night, yeah. the parents are murdered. Dun, dun, dun. I maybe just gave a spoiler, but that's basically what the whole That's the whole first is yeah. like based on. Right at the beginning that happens and then it's It's like a who done it. A who done it the whole rest of the time and it's kind of uncovering each of the three kids with their spouses and what's like what their, their feelings hidden about secrets their are parents. Their fe- yes, and who it said who to what? So awful and sad. Yes. I got to say, like, I didn't love this family. Even the kids, like, you want to understand, like, okay, you're not a good person because you didn't have a great Because you weren't treated dad. well. Yeah. But ultimately, like, I just didn't like any of them. It was a very, did you know? No. I I could say, oh, it wasn't that person, it wasn't that person, it wasn't that person. But did you see who it was in the end? No. Didn't see it coming. No. I know. I actually loved, at the very, very end, there's this little twist 
And I loved it. And I don't want to spoil it, but I did love that. I gave it yeah. three stars. I gave it three stars as well. Awesome. We agree on that one. Very good. Cool. Love to hear. I mean, I, I enjoyed it. it. I Definitely. enjoyed her as an author. It was fun. A whodunit is always a favorite of just mine. I love the family. Yeah. Well, they weren't a happy family, and so it made no. me unhappy for them. Yeah. Sad. Very sad. The trickle-down effect of a mean Absolutely. Parent. Definitely. Yes. Psycho, psychopath. Totally. Father. Like, he was crazy. He was crazy. He. It's almost like he enjoyed the cruel, like, yeah. watching his effect, the effect his words had on his kids. Who does that? Yeah. It's so sad. Yeah, it was gross. It was gross. Okay, I'm going to talk about More Than a Body. More Than a Body? By Lindsay Kite and Lexi Kite. So these are twins. Lindsay and Lexi Kite are twin sisters. They both have PhDs. And that is their whole life's work is body image. Are they identical? I don't know for sure. Hmm. I don't remember if it said in there identical or not um in my head they're not oh interesting. <laughs> i don't know if that uh, i now i should probably find out where i get that from but in my head they're not but i don't know if that's because um you're hearing two voices that makes them different. yeah yeah i don't know i don't know but they have their whole phd their whole research is in body image, not just it's beyond body positivity. It's actually the research of the new body positivity, like loving your body, and the research that even that new body positivity has on us and our bodies and how we feel about our bodies. Weird. It's really cool that it's kind of looking beyond that, not just loving your body, but that is fascinating. the obsession we have with our bodies. And if we how um, how much we can't concentrate because we're worried about what we look like or we're self-conscious about the clothes we're wearing or it wasn't a good hair day, how much that affects our day-to-day thing. And wife, as women, is that such an ingrained part of whether we're successful or not in our day and why we think about it so much? It And really, and all those things, how they affect us without us even knowing that it affects us. Yeah. Did you just pull up a picture? I pulled up a picture. Do they look identical? They're similar. Yeah. Similar? I don't, very similar. Very, very similar. I don't know identical. I mean, they do their hair a little different. Yeah. little different. They look a lot alike. They look a lot alike, but I don't know if you would, like, mistake them for each other. Right. I, I think you could say, oh, I think you're this one. Maybe? They're really close. Yeah, they're very, very close. Anyway, Mm, that's interesting. I'm glad you looked that up. I hadn't even thought to look at them. Anyway, so this book is just all their research. And it talks about their childhood and their experiences growing up, especially being a twin and identity and self identity and how one reacts to something and the other has a totally different viewpoint of her body, like, not totally different, but they do have different viewpoints and how they maybe they interpret things differently. And it's about their similar bodies. Absolutely. It's very, I I think this is one of those books that every woman should read. Very cool. I thought it was fantastic. I gave it four stars. Awesome. Um, It probably could have used five stars. I don't know why I gave it four stars. Now that I'm thinking about it more, sometimes I question myself afterwards. Because I keep going back and thinking about points in this book that have stayed with me. And I think that's That's amazing. That's always a good book, I think. Yeah. If there's something that you're getting 
out of a book, like regularly and like so far removed. Mm-hmm. That's, That's an important a book. book. That's an it's important book. It's made an impression. So I really enjoyed that book. That's awesome. I'm adding it to my list as we speak. Good. Let me know what you think. I sure will. Okay. The next book that I'm going to talk about today is The Sweetness of Water. I have not heard Nathan of this. Harris. It, it's kind of been around. Do you recognize the... It's a newer one. Mm-mm. It I came out in June. It. Oh, wow. Really new. So it's okay. new. Um, I've seen it on a few lists, and so I put it on my wish list of what things I want to read and awesome. fi- and was able to get it off of my hold list at my library this last week. So it is... Um, this story takes place in a southern town very soon after they lost the Civil War and, you know, the South lost the war. And so they have to free their slaves. Yes. And they can't own slaves anymore. And so we're in a South town, like a town in the South. And um, now all of these slaves are able to be free, but there's like, what do they what do? What do they do now? Where do they go? And so there's a man who owns, a man and his wife, and he has a son who's off at war. And he has all of this land. And he's never farmed his land and he doesn't own slaves he's never owned slaves and he's just kind of putting around and they find out they get news that their son died Mm -hmm. in the war and so they're just so sad and and this man goes off into his land and is just wandering and sad and doesn't know how how what is he going to do now right they've always they focus so much on their son and now what and he comes across two black men who used to be slaves on a neighboring farm mm-hmm. and now are just going to go like they're they're they making their way somewhere live. else yeah. and in the process crossing through his land and so he's like well you know you seem like hard workers maybe i should start farming literally in a moment decides he's going gonna- to you know turn this land into something and make the most of it and work with my hands and maybe these men will help me. They know how to farm. Mm-hmm. And so he offers them a job. Like you can stay in our barn and I'll pay you an honest wage. And will you come help me? In the meantime, there's lots of things happening in this small town. People are angry about that, right? Like that, right. you don't hire these men. There's people coming home from the war that need work. Need you jobs. should be hiring white men. And anyway, if you're going to pay somebody, it's very interesting oh, all the dynamics yeah. and it was it's super fun. There's it's a it's it gives you a peek during this time in our country maybe that we don't really talk about. We talk about when they were slaves. Right. And we talk about after when there's no longer slaves, but that transition the period. The transition between and what do you do? Right. There was and no plan. No. And rolled out. And there's lots of fun characters mm-hmm. that are showing you all the different sides, right? Like there were armies that would kind of take up residence in these towns to make sure that they were keeping the law and uh-huh. not slaving, enslaving people. And they were not wanted by the plantation owners. They wanted these soldiers to go away, leave them alone, and they were fine before they came. They'll be fine after they leave. Anyway, it's such an 
It's such a fun story. I actually love the way that it's told. It was a really good story. I gave it four stars. Awesome. The Sweetness of Water. That sounds really good. Yeah. I think it's one of those that will, like, it taught me something, right? Yeah. That I'll, when I think of that time, I think I'll think of this book. This book. Do you know what I mean? I love it. Yeah. yeah. One of those. That's awesome. Great. Um, the next one I'm going to talk about is Waiting to be Heard. It is a memoir by Amanda Knox. Ooh, I wanted to read this one. So just to remind you, Amanda Knox was a foreign exchange student in Italy who was accused of murder. And she was imprisoned for three years. Oh, my gosh. And That's um, so much of your life, especially when you're that young. Right. She's very young, college age. She's there to study. She's She doesn't come from a family of great means. Like, they're not low- income, but not great means for what they had to go through. It's absolutely amazing. So she decides to go off to Italy to study abroad. She's very inept with languages, like she's very good at learning languages. So she's going to go and learn Italian to add to her. I think she already speaks German. um, And she just finds that she learns languages really quickly. And that this is something she wants to do. So she goes to Italy She's by herself there. She finds a place to live. Her sister goes out with her. She finds people to live with and these roommates. So she meets them all there. And and she's a, she's a college student. Has she tried drugs? Has she tried alcohol? Absolutely. Um, but really, the book is she is accused of murdering her roommate and imprisoned because you're imprisoned, like there was no bell given because she was considered a flight risk because she was from out of the country. And so she was imprisoned at the time of her um, accusation. And through the whole trial process and everything, it took three years. So she spent three years oh, in an Italian prison. My goodness. And it's so interesting between the uh, language barrier when she'd an- answer questions, it was interpreted, or when she heard them saying things in Italian, she interpreted it differently. And oh. so how that affected um, how she was tried, and how she was imprisoned, how she was treated when she was imprisoned. Um, wow. All the different things that made you this such a difficult trial. Yes. Yeah. And then the news media portrayed her as she Honestly, she is a young college student who doesn't know that there's an appropriate way to act. You cannot be judged on how you act when you just found out your roommate was murdered. Nor is there an appropriate way to act when you're the one who's been accused of it. Like, you just don't know the protocol there. This is new territory. And because of the way she acted in those in those instances, she was made out to be this party girl. She didn't care. She was aloof. She it, she just wanted to, the next high with her boyfriend and blah, blah, blah. I mean, she was portrayed awful in the media, which trickled down into the courtroom as well, which wow. was part of the problem. It's so fascinating. It's She wrote it. It's by her. It's her story, her point of view on everything. And it's it's so eye-opening to see the story from her mouth as opposed to what we heard here. Because I remember when it was in the news. Oh, yeah. And I remember thinking, oh, my gosh. Yes, she totally did it. Right. Because that's how the media portrayed her as someone who didn't care about the life of a friend. If the media convicts you, it really doesn't even matter what exactly. the outcome in court is. Right. 
because you've been, it's tainted your reputation. And she talks about her reputation and, um, and what it did. Yeah. What it did to her really good. I gave it four stars. It was a very interesting read and it's so crazy. This was written in 2013. This story took place back in like 2007, which really honestly in my head feels like three years ago. And it's 2021. It happened a long time ago. Yeah. But it really, it felt really recent to me. So when I read this, I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, that was a while ago. Anyway. Yeah. Good read. Very good. I love it. All right. My next book that I'm talking about today is For Your Own Good by Samantha Downing. Have you seen that one? I haven't. This is also another new one, July came out okay of this year yeah i have not heard of this one um this one was fun it's like well if i tell you the synopsis is people keep dying at this school okay and so that sounds heavy but it's really like a light-hearted you're kind of watching from different people's mm-hmm. points of view it jumps around from a teacher a couple of teachers to the students it's a it's a very prominent expensive private school um, parents are highly involved in their children's academia mm-hmm. and because they invest a lot of money and okay. all of the people or all of the children like leave this school and you go to like Ivy League colleges, this universities. Yes. Like it's very, it's a very big school in that sense. And so it's important that their kids do well. You don't get anything less than an A, like it, like you're expected mm-hmm. not to get anything less than an A. And it's just really important. And so you're you the way that you do it, these kids like walk a line. Mm-hmm. The other fun part is like watching a teacher decide that he doesn't like a kid. Like you're just a spoiled, rotten, entitled mm. kid, and therefore I will never give you an A. You will never get anything above an A minus. It doesn't I matter how made good you're- a judgment right now. And yes, you're never going to hold up. Yeah. And so these kids like might be a really good kid, but this teacher has decided that they are, you know, entitled and he's going to teach them a lesson for their own good. Right. Yeah. By not giving them a very good grade, even if their paper is really good. He'll be like, oh, they cheated. Even if they really didn't. Mm -hmm. He's decided that they couldn't possibly have done this well. And so they must be cheating. Wow. And so he's giving them like bad grades and it's hilarious. And he's so like, okay with it in his mind. Like he justifies all of this stuff and you can re- you read it from his point of view. And then from the kid's point of view, you read it from like a parent's point of view and it kind of jumps around. Well, a parent mm. dies at like a school function and they have to figure out she was poisoned, who poisoned her, what's going on here. Well, she targeted all the things and then another person dies and it's this teacher. Well, and you know, from the beginning, like this teacher is putting in the poison. He never meant for anyone to die. Oops. I gave you too much oh. meant to make you sick. La dee da. So funny. It actually is really <laughs> funny. And then other people are blamed and will. And so you're kind of following, like, are people going to realize like who's actually doing this? Are they going to catch him and how it all ends up? It was super fun. Uh, really easy, lighthearted kind of dark comedy. Is yeah. that what I would call yeah. this? I, yes. <laughs> and I gave it three stars. It was fun. Cool. Yeah. 
Okay, my next one is The Karen Feeding of Ravenously Hungry Girls by Anissa Gray. What? I hope I said Anissa. Anissa? Anissa. Um, yeah, it. this came what out in 2019. It was really good. This one was on um, the armchair traveling list for the state of, I don't know. Uh, remember, I don't yeah. always remember the states things took place in. Hmm. I don't know. I'll look it up and tell you later. But this is a story about um, a, a family. There's some siblings. There's three girls and a boy. And they did not have a great um, upbringing themselves. But they are adult children in this book. And one, but it kind of reflects back to their childhood of why they're not super close. What really is, why can't they have a better relationship? Why don't they lean on each other? They're just, there's scars there. And so it yeah. kind of goes back and forth between their childhood and opening up about things that happened in their childhood. But um, one of the siblings, one of the sisters has two young girls and young, like teenage, I'd say. Okay. And her and her husband Proctor are arrested for fraud something with food stamps and their business. They own a grocery store. It's a small community. They have this little grocery store and they've been arrested for um, using food stamps to purchase things for the business. And they've been caught and they are put in prison, put in jail and they are awaiting a trial, but they're, it's not looking good. Like they know this is not good and they're probably not going to be getting out anytime soon. And so the one sister takes on the two kids and, and then there's a brother and another sister and the brother comes and he wants to take the girls. He's got a wife and he's very religious and they need a, a father and a mother and they need to go to church and they need, you know, all these things that he doesn't think his sister is providing. And then there's another sister who is married. She's um, she's a lesbian. She's married to a woman. The woman's not really in the picture, but um, that sister comes into town um, to kind of help sh- to be there for the trial and to kind of check in on the, the family and the two younger girls. And so they're kind of navigating this crisis with Proctor. The dad is in one jail, one prison. The mom's in another prison what the two girls are going through with their parents being imprisoned. Yeah. Not pretty. And these siblings that don't have a great relationship as it is trying to navigate all of this. And it's, it's good. It was really good. It goes back into their childhood. And And this is a true story. No, it's not. No. Okay. But but they just did a really good job. Yeah, You really get pulled in and this picture is great. And, who the judgments you make of people like the the mom yeah. makes friends in jail in prison and who she's surrounded by in prison that she's never been around this kind of person before these kind of people before and right who she learns to kind of trust and who would be there for her in the end and where you find family yeah it's not always right in your own family interesting but maybe healing some of those family wounds too when faced with a crisis. It was it was really good. I gave it 3 stars. Awesome. I really enjoyed it. That's really Wish cool. I could tell you what state that represented, but you know, you know me. It's all good. Semantics. <laughs> it's just a little part of the story. 
obviously, because yeah, I didn't pick up on it. Okay. Well, my last book. Last one. Awesome. We're just buzzing on through. Yeah, we are. Okay. My last book I want to talk about is my favorite one that I've read lately. Yeah. It's called Razorblade Tears by S.A. Cros- not Crosby. Cosby. S.A. Crosby. <laughs> I can't do it. By S.A. Cosby. Fantastic. Razorblade Tears? Yes. Is that what I, you said? These are all new ones. Like, thank wow. you for writing books. And keeping me reading. Yeah. I appreciate it so much. This I was out in July. Just, okay, fairly new. Um, the synopsis of this story is different. Okay. This is different than any kind of book. I, I just loved it so much. Okay, so it's about um, two men who are married. Okay. They're gay. They are, at the very beginning of the book, you're at their funeral. They've been murdered. They have a daughter who's like five years old. Okay. And their fathers um, were not very accepting Mm -hmm. of their lifestyle choice. Okay. And not in like a mean, awful way, just in a distance way, like just kind of removed themselves. It just was awkward. Yeah. And so they weren't very close to their sons because of this. Okay. And um, they would, I mean, they would see them and be there, but like, the, you know, one father could never call his son's spouse his husband. It was his roommate or his friend. Um, never really acknowledged their choices and like mm-hmm. their choice of living. And so he holds a lot of regret both of the fathers do, you know, yeah. this for not being more just loving and caring is, and ultimately recognizing in those moments that the thing that mattered most was that their sons were happy and that they knew they were loved by their fathers. And um, they kind of both carry this pain now that their sons mm-hmm. are gone wishing, wishing, right? I should have, you know, all the shoulds that you recognize when time is over and these fathers are not close um they didn't ever spend a lot of time together they're not buddies themselves no they own they i think the first time they ever met was at the funeral it was just not something they did not spend time together because they didn't spend a lot of time with their sons Mm -hmm. but the their murders are not being solved by the police it's they're kind of being like they're not getting anywhere with the case. It's considered like a hate crime. And so, and there's, and people aren't talking. And so they're kind of just like, oh, well, yeah. kind of the, the police are kind of setting it aside. And these fathers come together and decide that they're going to do this for their sons, like mm-hmm. as retribution. There's nothing more they can do. They can't fix the past. They can't change it. Their sons are gone, but maybe they can do this one last thing for them by solving the murder and bringing those people who did it to justice. Right. So that's their goal. And they go on this crazy ride as they try to solve the murders of their sons. And it's crazy. They break all the laws. They do all the bad things. And they go to extremes. Oh, so many extremes. I mean, it is crazy. It sounds like it is. It's and love. Yeah. And all along the way, they are learning about their sons because they really didn't they know didn't them. Know. And so they're kind of learning about the kind of people they were and the things that the way that they lived their life, like 
you know, instead of just looking at them as this one dimensional, you made this one choice, therefore you are this. Mm-hmm. It's like they're they're multifaceted and, and multidimensional and there's lots of different sides to them and they learn yeah. this along the way. It's it was so good. I gave it five stars. I loved it so much. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm putting it on my list. I love right it. Right now. That I, sounds fantastic. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely you've got they're they're from Texas and so they are just rough men that are I don't know, cowboys. Cowboys that are and just taking the law into their hand. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. I thought I it was great. It. it was just really well done. In my opinion, I loved it. It was five stars. Excellent. Okay. I'm going to put that on my list. And that leads right into the my last book, which Ooh. is Boy Erased, a memoir of identity, faith, and family by Gerard Conley. Okay. So this book came out. It's, I mean, it's been made into a motion picture, a major motion picture. It does sound familiar. Um, I've never seen the movie. It, this book came out in 2017. The movie has Nicole Kidman, Russell Crowe, Lucas Hedges, and directed by Joel Edgerton is what it says in here. Anyway, hmm. the story, not I mean, it's a life of um, Gerard Conley. He is the son of a Baptist pastor, and he has grown up as the only son of this pastor spending a lot of time with the community and his faith and at church, he knows scripture back and forth. And his dad, really, every discussion they had, had a scripture attached to it. And they would almost kind of like battle scripture to scripture to try to not battle debate a topic using scripture. So he spent a lot of time at church, community service, serving the community, serving their congregation, um, studying the Bible, very, very faith-oriented family growing up. Well, he is gay, and he's at 19 years old, his first year away at college, when he's just kind of like figuring this out, he's outed to his parents by somebody that he's met at college. Oh, So it wasn't his choice to come out. And um, with this new information coming out to his parents and his parents not knowing how to react to it and the thought that being gay is a sin and how could you – and at that time, um, being gay was considered a mental illness. It was in the psychology handbook of mental illnesses and how do you deal with this specific mental illness of gayness. And so, oh. um, to to stay connected to his – community, to his family, to his friends, he decides, he agrees to go to a faith-based program. It is a church-supported conversion therapy program. I've heard of these, and I lived through this period of when this was, this is like the 80s, 90s, where this was very common. Yeah. That you sent your kids to be cured of homosexuality. Makes me feel icky. It's awful. What did it's they do? I awful. Don't want to know. So the things that they, you know, that really one of the things is they have to go through and it's oh, there's so many there's so many bad things and there are a high percentage of suicide rates from children and the counselors who worked in these conversion therapies. Like, none of it settled well with anybody. But one of the things that really just made me hurt 
was they had to, these kids that are in this program and young adults had to go through their family history and talk about anybody who was maybe an alcoholic or who wasn't um, honest in their dealings or maybe was abusive or maybe, and that their gayness, the child's gayness was the fault of other faults in the family line. So there must have been something there. Are you sure your mom wasn't, you know, an alcoholic? Are you what? sure your mom wasn't like there? Where's they, the logic there? Exactly. Because honestly, these families who are super religious families who send their kids there, then they're the ones being put under the microscope that this is possibly their fault or their grandparents' fault. And so they had to like pinpoint the fault in the family. And then they try to cure this homosexuality. It was so sad. It's so sad. And my heart also looks at these children who lived through this and experienced this. And I'm sad that they did. I'm so glad we're past it. These are pioneers into where we are now with our acceptance, which still has a long road ahead of us, but it's come a really long way. And it was these, it's these lives that got us to where we are now. And I am sad that that's what it had to take for people to start looking at this a little bit more open-mindedly, um, yeah. looking at these are human beings. Really? They just need to be loved. Love Everybody them. just needs some love. This love is them. not a shame and cure and family secret. Let's just love. Yeah. I gave it four stars. That's it was awesome. a really hard read, I bet. but beautiful. And I'm glad it was written about. That's anyway, things we need to know. It is the things we need to know. We can do better. Yeah. And if it feels yucky at the time, it's probably not there's right. Probably something <laughs> I think wrong there's, here. Yeah. yeah. I think we can all look at ourselves and be like, does this seem right? Maybe there's another way. And right. let's open our minds a little bit to another way. Exactly. So awesome. Anyway. Wow. So many good books today. Good books this week. We like yes. busted them out. We sure did. And now I'm like really jealous for our readers or listeners <laughs> that they get to go read. Right. Now go read them. I know. Lucky, lucky. I know. I'll yeah, try to find ones. more for you. Yeah. I'll keep reading. Don't worry. If I have to. I guess. <laughs> you can find us on Instagram and Facebook. We love hearing from you. Absolutely. You can email us at thisisyourbookclubpodcast at gmail.com. If you wouldn't mind, please go ahead and share this episode if you liked it with family, friends, loved ones, other people who like to read. Rate and subscribe. We Absolutely. always need your love. We appreciate it. We're needy. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be here next week for you. Yeah, I'm Sarah. And I'm Jamie. And, and this, this is, is your book club. club.